level up your hunting game and join the cause. Help preserve small town Texas hunting culture and become a more successful hunter by learning the best ways to squeeze the most out of your budget and precious time out in the field. Welcome to the Feed Bandit Podcast. Here are your resident bandits, Richard Kinchlow and Jimmy Byrne. Howdy, folks. Welcome back to the Feed Bandit Podcast. Uh, welcome to 2022. You know, hope everyone had a, a good New Year's, good ho- you know holidays, Merry Christmas, all that stuff. Uh, we did. Uh, we had a tough 2021, <laughs> as some of you know. You know, especially you loyal listeners out there. We uh, we weren't as uh, I guess Johnny on the spot mm-hmm. on uh, regular podcast content but we right. aim to re- rectify that in 2022 so we appreciate you sticking with us and yes you know tuning in uh this one we wanted to uh, kind of make a, a little special uh episode today uh richard you want to kind of take it away absolutely yeah we wanted to uh we wanted to dedicate this uh episode of the feedback podcast to the anderson family um uh, in particular, Eric and um, uh, Mrs. Anderson, um, wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, unfortunately, uh, this November, November 21st, uh, I'll never forget it because uh, it's, it's Julie's, my wife's birthday too. Uh, unfortunately, lost a, lost a hell of a Texan. We lost a hell of a hunter. We lost a man who uh, really helped mold me as a, as an outdoorsman when it came to fishing, when it came to shooting, uh, when it came to life, uh, you know, in reality, a man that I consider there's only like three or four of them that I consider be my father besides my father. And, and Mr. Woody Anderson was, was one of them. Uh, he was an inspiration to me for, for so, so long. And we lost him just too damn early. Um, he was, uh, he had fought a very brave and, um, um, a very brave fight, but unfortunately, at the end, he uh, you know he he decided it was time to time to to, to get on down that road. So, um, a real, real, real rough way to end the year, uh, losing a dear, dear friend. You know, especially one that's who is associated so much with something that you love so dearly. Um, I mean, it, it, in my opinion, it's kind of like losing a coach. You know. Uh, you're losing somebody that is there with you and you enjoy and you talk about the hunts and you have drinks with and all that kind of stuff. And you've been doing it for your, your entire life. So uh, Mr. Anderson, just to give you a little backstory, he was, um, uh, well, he is my father's best friend and uh, him and my father and a handful of other guys grew up in um, university park, Highland park, uh, Texas, a little, a little bubble in Dallas, as people like to say it. Uh, and, and they were great friends and, um, you know, their friendship, in my opinion, all of them really is just kind of a testament to how a friendship should be. Um, you know, the, these guys grew up together. They went to middle school together. They went to high school together and not a single one of them went to college together, which was really, really funny. But yet that bond, that bond of friendship uh, and just the, 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 the times they had had together you know, post-college, they all got back together, you know, and as young adults, they were, they were the best of friends. And, um, you know, as far as hunting is concerned, you know, Mr. Anderson been doing it forever. My father, on the other hand, had, had done some hunting here and there, but, but nothing like me. 
uh, and nothing like Mr. Anderson. So uh, my dad really credits Mr. Anderson with um, getting him involved in shooting, for, especially shooting. Uh, but but with hunting and whatnot, and then you know, when they were, I think in their younger thirties, they they got their first lease in uh, in uh, in little Hamilton, Hamilton, Texas, and and they they tell a really funny story. It was uh, let's say I think there were five of them at that time, and then Hamilton, Texas, uh, yeah, it was great. You know, very close to Dallas. Okay, not 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 too far at all. But they they tell a funny story about how they, I think their first deer season they were out there. And they only saw a doe and a fawn and they, 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 they couldn't be sure, but they were pretty sure that every single one of them took a shot at this deer and it still made it. <laughs> so the, uh, the Hamilton, Texas lease did not pan out the, the way they liked it, but you know, as, as being, you know, yeah, um, adventuresome young men as they were, they decided, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to go on to bigger and better pastures and a hell of a lot more rocky pastures. I can, uh, I can, I can vouch for that. And they went on to uh, Menard, Texas. Okay. So remember back then in the eighties, you're like 55 miles an hour. So I don't know how far, I can't remember how far it is from Menard, Texas to Dallas, but all I remember well, that'd is be a good drive in that, at 55. <laughs> you that's what I'm getting at 55 miles yeah. an hour. That's a hell of a trip. And especially when you're a young man sleeping in a, a 1989 Jeep Wrangler that has no locks in the door. So you can't rest up <laughs> against the door. Uh, it makes for a, a very, very long trip, but well, he, wait, so they went he, to Menard. What's that? He, dro he drove y'all drove a, the a Jeep Wrangler down there. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. So remember you already that one with the seats on the front. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, dude, that Jeep, that Jeep is old. That thing. It seems wow. some, it's some, yeah, oh God, but I mean, that's that. I mean, in, in, in the noise. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you couldn't hear yourself think, um, anyway, they, they made a hell of a lot of memories there. And that's kind of where I came. I got involved as a young kid and, and then Mr. Anderson's son, Eric, uh, who ends up being one of my very dear friends. Uh, but again, I don't get to see him all that often. You know, we don't talk all that often, but when we get together, we're, we're just as close as can be. We're like peas and carrots, as they say. And um, so we, we did the whole Menard thing. And then you, you, you can only hang out with sheep for so long. Okay. And the rocks, you know, and again, the deer numbers weren't all that impressive. So eventually we move out to Throckmorton. And uh, so we're, we're progressively kind of making our way north and we get out to Throckmorton. And that's really where I, I really like to say that Eric and I uh, and all of us kind of really cut our teeth. OK, we're dealing with a lot of animals. We got hogs, we got whitetail, turkeys, all kinds of things. And so that's really where a lot of my memories start with um, you know, with, with Mr. Anderson. And <laughs> I wanted to share a couple of stories with him about him because he, he was the witty, one of the wittiest guys that, that, that I have ever met. Now, Jimmy, you probably agree with that. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, he, he could, he could take, he could take a, a, a situation and turn it into the funniest damn thing that, that you have ever heard of. And then he, he just keep going, you know, he just was a gym to hang out with. And as a kid, you know, I don't know, I'm sure Eric felt the same way, but I just, every word he said, I, I just thought it was hysterical. I love to listen to the guy talk. Well, <laughs> a couple of stories I, I will share because they are true. They are truly classic. The, the Throckmorton, Texas uh, house, quote unquote, that we lived out 
we lived at a little bunkhouse. Allegedly, it was drug out from Throgmorton. A drug is what I've been told. <laughs> uh, not put on a house trailer, drug out there, and they just popped it next to the water, and, and, and there you go. Uh, it had a screened-in front, front porch with some, uh, uh, some, some bunk beds that the mattresses and the frames had to be from World War I. They got to be original because, you know, if there was a tornado, you'd get underneath those bunk beds, and they ain't going to move anywhere. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and, and those and those mattresses, and it just it was. I mean, bed bugs. You get the least of your concerns. <laughs> um, and so it was kind of typical that you know the dad would be on the bottom of the bunk and the son would be on the top of the bunk. And you know, of course, as as a young man, um, you know the dads have cigars and drinks and all this kind of stuff. And what do they do? Man, sleep machines back then, right? right. I mean, the the, the the symphony of snoring was something to still to this day that I just couldn't understand. How is that man sleeping? How is anything sleeping? So with the symphony of snoring and the roaring of the pump jack in the, in the background, Eric and I would spend many a sleepless night trying to sleep until we had the great idea just to sleep in our back with headphones on. Um, but one of those, one of those nights, one of those nights, for some reason, and maybe Eric wasn't there. I, I couldn't really remember, but I was sleeping on the top bunk and Mr. Anderson was on the bottom bunk. Okay. And so we were sleeping uh, right near the door that, that kind of led out to this cabana area where we had a pot belly stove. Um, those of you who have been to the YL who, who you would, would know what, what I'm talking about. And so the thing was, is that, you know, when the, the last guy into the bunkhouse that night, you got to put a big boat battery by the door, because if not, Anything and his mother can just come walking through there, you know. So, um, and, and so you know, we had we had issues with skunks walking in there, and there there was a time where a skunk came in there, perused around the entire bunkhouse or the entire little uh screened in porch. You know, Mr. Anderson was, you know, you go take care of it. Hell no, I'm not gonna take care of it. <laughs> Somebody said just shut up and it'll go away. Sure as hell it did, which is amazing, but one of the, the funniest things we had is we had a um, we had what's called the walk of death. And I don't think it's ever been patented, but it should have been. The walk of death was a bucket with a string or with a piece of wire going across it with a Coke can and peanut butter on it. And it was there too. Obviously, um, it had a little ramp going up to it so it would catch mice, you know. Uh, and, and so that was one of the big problems we had. When you turn off the lights, it was like Noah's Ark just let out and every damn species of rodent in the entire area just came alive. And our, I'll never forget our sleeping gap bags became super highways. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. It was like Radagaska on, uh, on, on the Hobbit, you know, one with the animals. Uh-huh. Well, you know, they were just little mice. Okay. It never really bothered us until they ate up all your wires in your Jeep. Then it became personal, but we never really had a lot of rats. That is until this one time we were out there during deer season and, and somebody saw and somebody goes, oh my God, it's a possum. And somebody said, that's not a damn possum. That's just a really well-fed, I've been living in this house for God only knows how long rat. Um, and so, of course, the challenge became, you know, let, let, let's get this sucker. You know, and so, uh, you know, again, Mr. Anderson always slept kind of by the, the, the door that led out to the cabana and then the little door that led into the actual house. So the walk of death was probably probably five to ten feet away from him. And so um, yeah, one <laughs> one evening and he, he also played music for us to go to sleep. It was always 
you know, Buddy Holly or some sort of, you know, bubble gum, bubble gum, you know, soda shop music, you know, Eric and I were like, what the hell is this stuff? The dads were like, yo, this reminds me of sock hops, you know, yeah. and the, you know, all that kind of stuff. So as we were drifting off to sleep, you know, we can hear Mr. Anderson say, oh, oh, they, they, there he is. There he is. I, I, I can see him. And then sure enough, you know, I kind of peeked over and there he was. He's the biggest damn bull rat I have ever seen. <laughs> and, and so, you know, the, the story goes, the rat went up the walk of death and Mr. Anderson's kind of giving us a play by play. And like, oh, there he goes. There he goes. Here the can. There he goes. And people are like, shut up. We don't want to scare him away. And finally he, oh, and at the bottom of the bucket, by the way, is full of water. Okay. So the animal drowns, you get over it. They're mice. Okay. They're not <laughs> chimpanzees or polar bears or koalas. It happens. So, Sure enough, the mouse goes ka-clunk, you know, or the, excuse me, the rat goes ka-clunk, but, but yet we're hearing a lot of scurrying, you know, and it was, there was a good 20 or 30 minutes before the, the scurrying finally stopped. And I think at that point we had all kind of passed away, passed out and the next morning at oh dark 30, 530, we wake up and much to our delight, we look in there and there's the rat and he's inside there. And of course he, he's so big that you know, he's not just fitting in there straight. His body's kind of bent, you know, now I'm not talking like, you know, he didn't look like a horseshoe. Okay. But his head was kind of bent. And, and Mr. Anderson with all his wits says, well, listen, I'll tell you what guys, it was kind of touch and go there for a minute. I was actually really concerned that we hadn't put enough water in there. Cause I thought for a while he was just going to drink all the water and knock the bucket over. <laughs> And then the second he said that little antidote, you know, the fact that we were up at 530 and a little hungover, it just nobody cared. Everybody was jovial and they were ready to roll. You know, that was um, that that was that was the kind of person he was. You know, the, the other thing he, he loved, 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 loved to pick on my dad um, all in fun, of course. But he loved to pick on my dad when it came to it, you know, to any of the gear my dad got, for example, he always gave my dad crap for his primary deer rifle having a silver barrel. You know, he would always call him an urban hunter and all kinds of fun things. And, you know, and dad kept calling it Quicksilver and he would make some off color comments and some other fun stuff. But he loved to give my dad help. So uh, we actually went down there for spring break one time, which you know, again, for me and the Andersons, you know, for the Anderson boys, okay, um, that was fantastic. But yeah, it's, it's March, okay, and you're inside this mouse hut, okay. Well, you know, in in in, in December, you know, the cold kind of keeps them back. December, November, when you get to March, I mean, things really start. They could maybe take the house with them, you know. Right. It's a uh, you know they start to get really active. And the point of me telling you all this, the kind of the backstory behind the, the spring break trip, because this is the last trip we ever took out there at spring break, <laughs> because my mom, I mean, she just was. You talk about unimpressed and never going out there again. Well, oh, she we went. get out there, and of course we're going to be planking with twenty twos and fishing and calling coyotes and doing all that kind of fun stuff uh, that we really don't get to do during deer season, right? And so my dad, my dad, thinking he's Mr. Smarty Pants, says, uh, all right, well, you know what, uh, Richard, I'll tell you what I'll do. This is when I was big into pellet guns. Okay, I mean, my my right arm, I wore it out. Okay, actually, my left arm, that is, pumping that pellet gun because that just, that was my thing, you know. And uh, he goes, Richard, if you shoot a turtle in the head, 
and bring it to me. I will pay you a hundred dollars. The six grades. This is when is that? 90, 92, 94. No, not 94. What? Well, 91, 92. Anyway, yeah. something of that nature. Man, a hundred dollars. That, that, that's a lot of freaking money. So he tells my little sister, who's two years younger than me, says, okay, Sarah, if you catch a, uh, you know, he's just throwing numbers out. He goes, well, I got a six pound bass. He says it's a nine pound bass, but I don't think so. I think he listens to that Robert Earl King song or that's a five pound <laughs> bass, nine pound five. Anyway. So he tells Sarah, if you catch a six pound bass, I'll give you a hundred bucks. So I'm thinking, well, shit, that ain't going to happen for her. She's not going to catch that, you know, because I mean, I was working the numbers in my head. Well, dad's got to be, you know, only spend so much time with her. So, you know, the <laughs> odds are is that I'm going to win this thing. And I was pretty pumped. Well, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday roll by. And listen, I have dumped a ton of lead in that water, but I am nowhere near close to bringing a dead red-eared slider up here. So I go talk to Mr. Anderson to see if I can help. And he goes, well, Richard, listen, son, you're, you're handling this all wrong. And I'm thinking, well, no, I don't know, Mr. Anderson. The rules were pretty cut and dry. I got to kill a turtle <laughs> with a BB gun, with my pellet gun, and bring it to dad. He goes, exactly. He goes, but your dad never made us. He never stipulated what kind of turtle it was. I go, what do you mean? Go, the species doesn't matter. I, you know, the, I can't shoot him because you're missing the point, Richard. He goes, go get a piece of paper and a pencil. And I, so I did that. And so sure as hell, Mr. Anderson drew a turtle on there. And he, I mean, he put little fine details on there and put a little smirk on the turtle's face. And I shot that turtle in the head with the BB with the pellet gun. And we brought it up to my dad and he just, Nope, absolutely not. And that's when <laughs> Mr. Anderson, the good lawyer representation, he was for me. He said, Duff, you made the promise now pay the man. So, you know, dad, <laughs> dad went back and he paid me. Well, I believe it was the next day or the day after um, my, my sister had, you know, one of those Zebgo poles. Okay. And this is, this is, you know, this is mid spring. Okay. And um, she's just casting it out there and every other cast uh, in this, I mean, it was, it was a great tank, great fishing tank. Okay. But you know, there's so much brush and 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 sea and oh, but say seaweed, which not seaweed. Uh, I know who's laughing when they hear me say that. You know, moss on every single you know retrieve. It just got annoying. Well, finally, Sarah casts out there again. She goes, "Oh, Daddy, I'm stuck again." And I'm sure Dad was grumbling under his breath, but he right. says he looks out there, and all he can see is just swells. You know, he's like, "Oh my God!" You know, you've really got something here. So. He kind of slowly kind of it, it gotten stuck in some moss and kind of jerked it, kind of jerked it out a little bit. And sure as hell, Sarah brings up this monster, monster fish who was on the dot six pounds. Wow. Six pounds on a little purple worm on a Zebco pole. And, and I, I could still see the picture in my head. You know, this this thing is about half the length is about half the size of my sister. <laughs> um, who was like, you know, eight or something at the time. So, uh, at, at just, again, uh, another, another fun, fun trip made even funner or even more fun, excuse me, by, uh, you know, by the great Mr. Anderson. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty, uh, ingenious. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's what he was, man. That's what he was. <laughs> yeah. The last, the last one I will tell, and of course we can go on for hours and hours and hours here, but uh, he was a hell of a marksman. I mean, he was a hell of a shot. Uh, and he always used to give us hell. You, you too, all of us, you guys got to shoot more. You got to shoot more. And he's, he's right. You yeah, know, yeah. 
And, uh, and we do, we, we, we've realized that. And he was always the guy who's out there shooting and whatnot, but in the, in Throckmorton, he had an old Jeep Willis and, uh, and me and Eric would, um, we would go tooting around with him and, you know, just the middle of the day. And yeah, you got to remember back, back in those days, we really didn't shoot a lot of does, you know, everybody was kind of looking for the buck and, you know, me, Richard, the coal killing Kinslow was what they called me. I was always looking for the deer who had the worst looking rack. Um, it's kind of my, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you've, you've kind of taken the, the, the reins on that one. Um, but you know, during the, during the day, if it was good enough weather, we would drive around, shoot quail. We jump tanks. Well, every once in a while we go out driving, looking for deer, you know, and God, just, just like what we do right now, we roll the war wagon, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, with Mr. Anderson, he, we obviously Eric and I were not old enough to drive. And even if we could, we couldn't drive stick. So he would do the driving. And, and I was one time we were driving down, uh, driving down this road that was at a, at a Creek at the bottom of a pretty substantial Hill. Uh, I'm not going to call it a mountain because it ain't a mountain, but a, a pretty substantial Hill where if you're in the Jeep and you're looking up I mean, you got to kind of look up and, yeah, I'd say we were probably two to 300 yards from, you know, kind of the middle piece of this, uh, this big hill. And I will never forget, there were four does running up the side of this mountain, kind of, kind of dead even with us, but running up. And Mr. Anderson throws that, thing, <laughs> throws that thing in park, tells us to lean back, pulls his 22-250, okay, 22-250 out of the carrier, loads a bullet. Okay, mind you, these deer are running, all right? <laughs> and he says something to the effect of, watch this. And he lays out that first doe, who then falls, okay, falls and takes out the other doe, but they get up and start <laughs> running. And this damn doe flops all the way down to, you know, kind of the, the base of this little mountain, which, by the way, between us and where this doe was, was a little 10-foot creek that you couldn't ford. You know, and so, you know, Eric and I take our fingers out of our ears and he goes, well, go get it. <laughs> you know, we're like, uh, oh, sure, sure. You know, it just, I mean, wow. I, yeah. I, I, I could, I could take you to the spot where it happened. I mean, just, just incredible. Wow. You know, didn't skip a beat. Oh man. That's, that is funny. That's a funny Didn't one. skip a beat, man. So well, you talk about that well, uh, yep. that uh, Jeep or that Willie yeah. or whatever it was. Um, yep. yep. Yeah, that was a cool little uh, little machine there. And uh, oh, it is. It is. My my one of my memories. Uh, you know, obviously I hunted with him not nearly as like what you did, but I had a yep. pretty good yep. number of hunting trips. You know, uh, with him and everything. But absolutely, it was right at the beginning of <clears throat> when I started uh, deer hunting. Right. Probably the. I mean, it wasn't any any younger than two might be my second year I'm, it may right. be my first year because i was still y'all were still guiding me and yep yep mr anderson agreed to guide me uh on a sunday morning <laughs> uh, right. which you know i i don't hunt sunday mornings anymore no but <laughs> no, no uh-uh but uh he, he he agreed and uh we decided to go out to hidden field so yeah. the farthest oh. blind you know oh. where we were hunting as a haul, uh, <laughs> especially in the morning, especially oh. after you've been drink- drinking the night before. Oh, god! But you know, of course, he had he had uh, trailered that that was it a Willie? Is what yep, it was? Jeep or? Willie. 
Yeah, Willie, Jeep Willis. Uh, yeah, he uh, trailered that down there, so he wanted to drive that out out to the blind, and oh. it was cold. Oh yeah, it was really yeah. cold. And uh, I think it was the night before, or it might have been the Friday before, or whatever. He came down, and he brought old hunting clothes or whatever that he yes. was wanting to get yes. give away. Yeah, and yeah. that weekend he gave me that really big down uh, camo jacket that you know, yes. classic the classic yes. camel pattern yes. this, oh which uh, by the way that uh-huh. not not to interrupt but it, it's amazing how that jacket i mean i because i used to wear that pattern it's from the 90s the early 90s late 80s and all of a sudden look what's back oh yeah it's like everywhere <laughs> right it's crazy I, it's crazy. i tell you what that, i mean that it, 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 so he gave me that jacket and so yeah. i immediately of course started wearing it that weekend yeah. And boy, was I happy I had that jacket on, on that, on that drive <laughs> out, yeah. to, out to that blind, because, you know, we're driving, it, yeah. it's, it was below freezing that morning. Oh, yeah. Pretty sure. yeah. yeah. And, you know, we're in that, in that, in that oh. Jeep, but it's only, you know, it's like top speed was like, what, 40 miles an hour. Maybe? Oh yeah. Yeah. 40. The, and at highway. 40, you're like, we're going to die. It's not <laughs> yeah. safe. Yeah. Cause it's just totally open and there's like nothing in it. You know, it's just, yep. you're just sitting there. Yep. Like, <clears throat> and you know we're going on the highway so i mean we probably took 40 minutes to get to the blind and that's with hi- some highway driving so it's, it's not like it's all through the ranch you know yep <laughs> excuse me so yeah i'm sitting there and i'm like oh my god i am cold even with that jacket on <laughs> I'm yeah like i'm so happy i'm wearing this jacket or whatever and uh yeah we get out there and probably it's got to be one of my first five deer to shoot but we were sitting there and we were talking in the blind and I was kind of bonding with him because I didn't, hadn't, didn't really, yeah. you know, didn't know him as well. But right. so we got right. to know, know stuff about each other and everything. And sure enough, yeah. the deer came out and he helped me on one of the doe and I shot, shot the doe, you know, and yeah. Yeah. came back and then he helped me, you know, clean it. Cause I was still learning. Yeah. Know, I just still didn't yeah. know you know how to clean a deer or whatever sure. so he helped me sure. you know brought it back helped me clean it and everything before we all left on that sunday but that's awesome yeah, i'll never forget yeah that uh <laughs> getting that jacket because he, yeah. he was like yeah you know, he, it wasn't even a thing he's like hey you want this i was like sure yeah <laughs> yeah know, like, yeah I'm like oh this is a great jacket you know because i at, awesome. that at that point i still hadn't really accumulated hunting yeah. like clothes and stuff yeah like that, you right know? so that sure. was like the first that's the first kind of like hunting purpose right. hunting jacket that I ever got. And it was that one that he, that he gave me, you know, and, wow. and I'll no, never no. forget that ride out there. Yeah. <laughs> out there oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. God. And everything. So it was, uh, yeah, that, that, was- that listening to those things warm up is, is one of my, one of my, my I don't know why it's, yeah, you hear sounds and it just kind of reminds you of something, you know, I, I remember in those mornings in Throckmorton, you know, everybody's just kind of glassed over, you know, you got this massive styrofoam cup full of scolding hot coffee and you got the, you got, we, we had several Willis's in our group, you know, and they're all fired up and blowing. God only knows how much toxins into the camp house. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, 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 yeah, that's, that, that's a really good one. And I tell you what, I wear that jacket still to this day. I, like I know I, you do. I, I, I don't think know if you noticed the, in those pictures yeah. I sent when I when I was at my family's place and I killed those yes. coyotes that I was oh, wearing that yeah. jacket. <laughs> so, heck yeah, dude! Oh I yeah, love that jacket. I, I, dude, I, I, absolutely. I, well, and you're never one to refuse a hand me down. No, no way. So, well, and the reason why not. you got it is because you know his son Eric, you know, is is a giant. You know, so yeah. <laughs> probably wouldn't have fit him. <laughs> 
it was perfect fit for me. So oh, absolutely, I, I definitely looked out on that one. Oh, that's great. Uh, it's, I, I, yeah, I, I, I do remember that vaguely. That's fantastic. Yeah, and a really, um, you know, this 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 past weekend, you know, again, my dad and uh, Mr. Anderson and one of his another very good friend of his. Um, they, they all kind of shared the, the same birthday. And so it was always kind of a tradition to do, you know, that this, the, the teen week uh, of January um, as kind of a, a mutual birthday thing with all of us, you know? So of course this was the first year without, without Mr. Anderson, you know, and it was, um, it was really emotional. Um, and I, I, I haven't told you this, but uh, one of the gifts that we gave my dad was a plaque, um, was a plaque to put, inside one of the blinds so we, we we've got a, a deer blind uh that we called the, the heron uh because it's on the pasture that's got a bunch of a heron rookeries and it's just just really really cool when a rookery is an area where a bunch of herons go to rooker you know which obviously doesn't mean anything because it's it's not it's not <laughs> true but it's what's called a rookery but it's a big nesting area and so you know, Mr. Anderson, in his in his wonderful way, he said something one day. He was like, "Well, Duffy, I'd like to, I'd like to go over to that. What, what's that bird blind place? Pelican? So what, what's it called? <laughs> you know?" And it, and it just kind of stuck. And of course, my dad just, I mean, he died. He just rolled laughing. And so that's what's all. It's what's been called from here on out, the Pelican. You know, the Pelican blind. And you know, it's funny for those of you who. Who, who are new to deer hunting, you know, you know, don't listen. It, nothing drives me crazier than when you've got, I'm going to go to number two blind. Dude, make a name for God's sakes. You know, you got to yeah. find something, you know, geographically about it or a funny story. That's what makes it fun. You know, yeah, anyway. it's a sort of meaningful name. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm there, yeah, absolutely. So um, my mom, oh God, man, it's just this whole weekend. I was freaking I was bawling from these things and the damn cedar whooping my butt. So my eyes took a beating um, this weekend. My mom gave him a plaque, gave my dad a plaque that, that had Mr. Anderson's quote down there, you know, and that's, and then it's got his name below it. So that will be in that. Uh, we'll put that up in that blind. Um, oh, and then kind cool. of the, the, the topper on the weekend was um, Eric. And he told me he was going to do this. He, he had some, uh, 28 gauge shells loaded up uh, by a good friend of his with some of Mr. Anderson's ashes in it. So um, he's, he gave them to me and my dad and, and another good friend. And um, you were, you know, we have the choice obviously to either keep him or, or, or shoot him, you know? And so I really want to do a big opening day, a dove season thing. Cause that's, that was something that he and I really bonded. Although he hated to eat dove, which I always gave him hell about, but <laughs> I, uh, and he always gave me his. So that's why I, well, one of the many reasons why I loved him, but, uh, in a very incredible gesture by the Anderson family, um, and, and something I will never forget. And it's something that I will pass down, uh, because, um, because it's, 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 you know, because it's the thing to do. Uh, the Anderson family gave me one of his uh, model 1100 Remington 28 gauges, uh, which is, I mean, you know, it's just an incredible gesture. And, and Eric said it best that night as we're all choking up here. Yeah. He says something to the effect of, you know, this, Hunting is the thing that links our families together. And he's so right, you know, 
And he says, you know, you know, let this gift kind of be a, you know, a, a, a further link in that chain or something I'm like, oh my God. I mean, it was perfect. It's just absolutely perfect. And of course, my heart and my, my, my thanks goes out to the Anderson family uh, because it is, uh, it's, a, it's a really, really cool thing. And um, uh, needless to say, I'm going to be shooting a 28 gauge now, which is, ah, is, is really, really cool. That is if we ever get some damn dub, when we'll talk about that <laughs> down the road. But um, anyway, uh, a, a very emotional couple of months, you know, for everybody involved. Um, but the, you know, the one thing I always like to say when it comes to, to dealing with folks that passed on is that, you know, the, the folks that passed on, um, you know, if, if they were your good friend or a relative or something, and they really cared about you. You know, they would want you to get on down the road and just keep living life, you know, celebrate their memory, talk about them, laugh about them, um, but but get on down the road. So that is what we intend to do here. And um, but anyway, wanted to start this year's uh, program off with uh, uh, I hope it end up being a very nice tribute to the Anderson family and all of, you know his friends that are listening to this. Um, he will be, uh, he'll be greatly missed, but, uh, forever in our hearts and we're going to get on down the road and shoot some deer and shoot some animals and we're going to have a good time. So that's what we're going to do. Perfect. I'm all yes, for sir. that. Yes, sir. And thanks for your story, man. I, it, you know, I, I, uh, I, I didn't think about really until this point, but you know, what we should have done is we should have had, uh, which I should have sent out a you know a text message and have everybody kind of fire back their their favorite Mr. Anderson story because the you know kind of like I've always talked about you know he was one of those guys like I am like you are like my dad was is obviously you know he really sees it as his duty to to spread the to spread hunting you know and to uh, to teach people you know and he really took a lot of joy in that so mm-hmm. you know I was I was glad that you learned from him and. And you got to learn what frostbite feels like and, you know, things of that nature. <laughs> yeah, just put some hair on my chest. Yeah. Yeah, can can you hard. imagine doing that trip in Fisher County where oh, it's geez. real cold? Oh, <laughs> okay, so hey, going from the Silver Star to the, 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 the exactly. JB3 gate. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like, well, you'd be, I'd be frozen to death. But oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I got it. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Well, that's good. Uh, you said it all. I don't know. Uh, not much else to say. Uh, thank everyone for listening. Really Absolutely. appreciate it, especially yep. this one. Definitely. Um, you know, we know. I, I, no doubt, a lot of you out there listening can relate. You know, yes, to the situation. So. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Just. Yep. You know, <clears throat> Remember those, remember those people that uh, meant so much to you and, you know, keep it, I I, I think the hunting thing going. Yeah, no, for sure. And I I think that, you know, everybody has a chance to be somebody's hero, you know, and and, and you don't have to be, you know, we look at our heroes as police officers, as doctors and all these kind of things, but, you know, they're just regular, they're just regular people too, but they have such a huge influence on your life. Um, and, uh, and that's what he was to me. And, uh, that's what I hope I am to others as well, you know? So, uh, it's a good thing. Uh, every man, oh God, look at this. What a fitting way. Uh, just like what uh, George Bailey says, 
and uh, It's a Wonderful Life, which, of course, is the greatest uh, movie of all time. I know you agree with me, Jimmy. It's amazing how much influence uh, one person's life has on everybody else's life. So, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Something of that nature. That's probably a good way to, to end this one. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody out there for listening. And uh, stay tuned for uh, future episodes of the Feed Bandit podcast. We will see you on the next one. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Feed Bandit podcast. If you like what we discuss on the show, be sure to sign up to our email list to get even more killer hunting ideas, tips, tricks, and exclusive deals on innovative hunting gear and services delivered straight to your inbox. Sign up over at FeedBandit.com or simply by texting the word BANDIT to 33777. See you on the next one. And remember, support your local feed store.